trending. Barbara Friedman brings us Bob's Wire just after 9.30, Monday through to Thursday. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> You're waiting for a cue. We I were was. all waiting for a cue. <laughs> I should have sung a little jingle. Um, yeah, I spoke about this yesterday with Crystal when you weren't here, but I feel it's warranted to have another little go at uh, Burning Man. And this is because a few hours ago, some hours ago, obviously their daytime, our nighttime, um, the Burning Man authorities, or organizers, I should say, I'm sure they wouldn't want to use the word authority in their title, the organizers lifted the ban on driving out of uh, Black Rock, Nevada, where the whole plane had been flooded, and we've seen all the images of of the 70-odd thousand uh, festival goers, you know, trying to trying to get through it. And I think for me, the visuals, the videos and the drone footage that is now going viral of these, what, 60,000 people in thousands of RVs. We, they call them RVs. What do we call them? Camper vans? SUVs. SUVs. Well, they're more those, you know, they're more than SUVs because they're those, you know, those, um, in America, they're very popular. Those self-driving sort of van, caravan-y looking things. Okay. RVs. Yeah, you stay in them kind of thing. You stay in them. They're extremely expensive, the mm. fancy ones. And just seeing this sort of hard, sort of more hard-packed area, it's not a road per se, that's going through the Nevada desert out of Black Rock with all these, it must be about what, there must be eight or ten in a row, but all on this one road. I'm thinking Mad Max. I wrote Mad Max oh, Beyond. Wow. I said, yeah, I said, looks like a scene from a dystopian movie like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And honestly, I have a great love for those movies. Mm. I'm like a huge fan of a dystopian sort of movie. And it feels like art has become reality here as these RVs, you know, quite a few in a row, but sticking to the sort of road because the organizers have said, don't go off. I didn't catch that. Could you try again? I think that was your phone. Yeah, I was silly trying to understand what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> Siri, can you just bear with us here? <laughs> So obviously the temptation must be to want to go off-piste and kind of drive on the desert to get ahead, but you're not allowed to. And of course, they obviously are concerned about the conditions, but just this, when I say long, kilometers long, the organizers are saying on Twitter, this is maybe five hours ago, they're saying things like, the wait time to exit BRC is seven hours and climbing. If you're able to wait uh, to exit until later tonight or tomorrow. Sell yourself the long mate. The, the man burns in two hours. They were only going to burn the big burning man mm. in a few hours from now, their evening. If you do exit, etc., it gives you all this information. And they're saying, you know, rather sweep your campsite again with your campmates. Cook that last tasty communal meal. You know, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, do you want to jump onto that road? I have never seen such a long, long road of traffic going out of uh, the Nevada desert and mostly these really expensive, really fancy RVs. And you just go, wow, that is something to behold. And then at the same time, my mind is filled with images that I've been seeing coming out of Marshalltown, you know, of the inside of those, those apartments, you know, with a fire in Joburg, which is, you know, my, some of my journalist friends who've been there covering it are saying it's an informal settlement built inside a, a building. And there's no lights. The place smells of feces. You know, it's just people are just sitting there hopeless because they don't think they're ever going to get out. And you kind of go, our worlds are just 
The end is nigh. The end is nigh. I just feel we live in two. We live in these different universes, and I am finding it quite hard this week. Yeah. And if you are, Clarence. Yeah, something's weighing. Um, and you know, this this was like an earthy kind of spiritual gathering, it, and I was hoping it was going to replicate 1969, well, Woodstockish. But you know, and but people are flying in the in their private jets. Which is what we spoke yesterday when mm. you weren't here. Is that you know the 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 Extinction Rebellion people who were protesting at the beginning of the festival, and they just got rode over by a, by a, one of the festival goes. One of their their criticisms is why are they allowing private planes to land. That is just not part of the ethos. So, you know, I think those issues are very real. Um, they should be part of the ethos of Burning Man. And, um, yeah, I just, I mean, even our Africa Burn, I'm always interested to hear where it is now, where it was, where it is now. So, yeah, hopefully that is a conversation to be had. Yeah, I guess the money gets enticing and the principles go in the, in the process. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that is, that is the conversation, certainly that I'm interested in. Okay. Let's go Moving to on. African parks. Yeah. So, I mean, this story really, really fascinates me. So, yeah. a few months ago, if, if you remember, John Hume, the, the billionaire who says he's no longer a billionaire, he has been saving white rhinos for 30 years. Um, he owns these two huge farms up north, and he has managed to collect some 2,000 strong herd of rhinos over the years through breeding, um, and it's cost him millions of dollars and he some months ago said he can't afford this anymore he put it up for auction he got no bids whatsoever and there was a lot of concern about this 2000 strong herd which is apparently 15 percent of the world's white rhinos anyway the news breaking yesterday is that the um the environmental or conservation ngo african parks has uh, stepped in as the new owner of the world's largest private captive rhino breeding operation. It was called Platinum Rhino. And these were the two areas, I think it's 7,800 hectares of property in the northwest province. And um, they say that they are going to release the herd over the next 10 years into the wild. They're going to rewild the herd. I mean, obviously, it's sad to think that some of those rhinos might not make it, but that's the point of rewilding. I mean, it's the same when I'm, you know, I'm always, com I love the baboon stories. You know, when the baboons are taken into sanctuaries up north and they sort of, from, from in day, you know, places where they're not living in, in a safe area, eventually those have to be rewilded. And yes, some will not make it. Mm. But that is our job to rewild this planet. Absolutely. So I think this is an amazing story. Um, I don't know enough about African parks, but it looks like it's doing its thing. And certainly something to, to, to watch as, as over the next 10 years, I they hopefully will do a well-managed, secure release operation into, onto, the, you know, into, onto the African plains. And there's a, there's a great story on it. In fact, the lead story earlier this morning in Daily Maverick, if you want to go follow up on that one. Okay. I think it's a, it's a great story, okay. absolutely. And then the cute, cutest football-playing doggo has the internet amazed. I did catch that one. Well, you know, I, it, it's so adorable. It's actually at um, Eden on the Bay, which is familiar to many Cape Townians. So at the backdrop is Table Mountain across the sea, and it's on a grass area there on that on that beachfront. And it's a little Jack Russell with one of those big tennis balls, those sort of large, Ooh. giant tennis balls. And he or she is head is heading. What do you call it? Football header. Yeah. This ball. Like a pro, I mean, so people are calling, calling the doggy, you know, the Ronaldo dog. 
yeah. and other things. Um, no one seems to know exactly where this originated, and various sites um, have, including Boerland Dierenklinik and SA People News, have shared it. It's gone viral, and they're saying, you know, we'd love to credit the the, the, the owner and the video, but it really is. I mean, we're going to try to get it up on our site because everyone needs a smile in this week that we're having. And this really is the cleverest, cutest Jack Russell. They are super, super um, sporty, eh? Yeah. And he literally knows and headbutts this ball and keeps it up for ages as he runs around. And my little candy yes. is the best little goalkeeper in the whole wide well, world. There we go. And she's also like a little bit Jack. Russell so I think we should take a video else. of Candy and then we can actually make it go viral. <laughs> yeah, we should actually. Why don't she, you? She's a very good goalkeeper. Well, I, I've still you? not been able to score a goal with her. Okay, would you do that for us? Uh, Maybe. I'll ask the wife. She's good at it. Okay. Thank you, Thank Barbara. You. That's Bob's Why Things Trending on social media today at 9.46.